Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for January 18th, 2023. This is Brian Kirk. The strong labor market continues to support household incomes into the new year, but high prices and concerns about a recession are weighing on the minds of many consumers. How has this impacted consumer spending? And what is our outlook for consumer activity? Joining us today are nationwide senior economist, Ben Ayers, and economist, Daniel Vilheber, to wade through the shifting trends for the consumer sector. Ben, we're gonna start with you for today's discussion. We've seen some softer spending numbers recently, including the reported drop in retail sales for December. What is your take on the state of the consumer in early 2023? Yeah, thanks, Brian. You know, your consumer was doing quite well over much of 2022, and, and particularly, you know, the third quarter and into October, we saw some really solid consumer spending growth, and that was one of the main reasons why we've seen an acceleration in economic growth over the second half of 2022. Unfortunately, as you mentioned, we did see kind of a wall hit in, in November and December where retail sales declined 1% and then 1.1% in each of those months. So certainly seeing a softer trend at the end of 2022, and it takes some of that momentum that we were seeing both for the consumer and the economy out of the equation as we head into 2023. You know, it's important to note that over November and December, a lot of the decline, at least in the headline number, was because of auto sales and because of the lower gasoline prices. The way retail sales work is it's a dollar volume. And as we've seen a lower number of unit sales for autos and obviously lower prices at the pump, that's acted to decline from the overall retail sales numbers that we saw reported. Again, those 1% declines in November and December. But underneath that, there still was some pretty broad weakness though. If you look at what we call the control group, for retail sales, which excludes autos and gasoline and building materials, still declines in November and December. Smaller declines, only 0.2 and 0.7% for those two months. But still, obviously seeing some weakness, and generally, particularly in the December number, we saw a broad range of weakness in the consumer spending numbers at the end of the year. We saw declines in eating out at restaurants, decline in online spending, declines at furniture stores, declines at apparel stores. So really across the board, we are starting to see the consumer cut back. And that's certainly reflecting some of the pressures that we're seeing on many households, both from higher interest rates, higher costs for many of those essential items, and just obviously those looking ahead concerns about maybe we're going into a recession over 2023. I will say it is important to note that the level of total sales are still up 6% from a year ago. So we're still at a pretty elevated level from an overall spending standpoint. We're just down from some of the peaks that we had, you know, several months ago. So we're, you know, we're coming off of some highs, certainly see some slowing, but still that's pretty good growth on a year-over-year basis, about 6% for total retail sales. And that reflects that the labor market remains quite strong. Um, we added nearly 750,000 jobs in the fourth quarter. And in December, the unemployment rate matched a 50-year low at 3.5%. And we're continuing to see that imbalance between supply and demand 
in the labor market that's really at the beneficial for many workers and many consumers. Wage gains remain quite strong at the end of the year by most measures, including average hourly earnings, which were up 4.6%. Yet again, that's not as strong as wage gains as we saw earlier in 2022, but that's still well above average and helping to boost incomes for many households and many consumers. So we are seeing some cracks starting to form. But as long as the labor market remains as strong as it is, we should continue to see pretty good spending numbers. Yet again, this may be not quite as strong as we saw at some stages over 2022. Well, from what you're saying, it sounds like many consumers were still spending solidly last year heading into 2023. But we're hearing that more and more households are having trouble keeping up with these higher prices. What's the state of consumer debt across the economy? Yeah, great question. You know, when you look at the the big picture debt indicators that we would look at for consumers and households, most of those still look in pretty good shape. The the Federal Reserve reports what they call the financial obligations ratio, which compares your financial debts to your income. And those were still well below pre-COVID levels as of the third quarter. So still pretty good shape. And actually, those have come down over recent decades. So yet again, telling us that most of the balance sheets for many consumers are in quite good shape. Obviously, most households have solid jobs and incomes are rising. And that's offsetting much of the higher prices that we've seen over the past couple of years for many households. But as you mentioned, Consumer debt is picking up, and it's particularly so for many lower-income households. Within that same report from the Federal Reserve, we get a consumer debt ratio, and that was at the highest level since 2009 in Q3, and then based upon some of the data that we received over the fourth quarter, likely to go higher at the end of 2022. And we are seeing that many more data points are saying that consumer debt is picking up. We're seeing that rise sharply. Um, People are having to put more of their expenses on their credit cards, particularly uh, you think about those essential items, whether it's you know getting getting gasoline, getting food at the grocery store, those going up so sharply, many people are having trouble keeping up and they're having to put more of those expenses on credit cards. And obviously that's not a great thing for those households and not a great thing for the economy in general as well. You add in rising rents, we've seen rents go up quite sharply, about seven to eight percent over the past year. Higher mortgage rates, that's pushing a lot of pressure on those housing costs, which for many households, that's your largest expense that you have each month. And so we're seeing that pressure start to build. And as we turn to 2023, it's really not surprising to see some of the weaker retail sales numbers at the end of 2022, because people are looking at where they can cut back. They're looking on the areas that they can kind of help to balance their budgets and maybe look ahead and get a little bit more you know, slack within their budgets. And especially we're seeing cutbacks on spending for discretionary items. And that's where you've seen many of those categories within the retail sales numbers weaken in, in November and December. Well, I want to bring in Daniel here in this conversation. We We saw poor survey readings from consumers over much of 2022, but that didn't really translate into weaker spending activity. Has that narrative shifted? And what are consumers saying within the latest sentiment and confidence updates? It's an interesting time for consumer surveys because you have consumer sentiment, which is very low and in fact hit a record low in the summer of 2022 and is only a little higher than it was at that time. And you have consumer confidence, which is elevated, and in fact, higher than its long-run average. The gap between these two, which is usually pretty small, was at a record high just a few months ago, and it's only a, a little smaller now than it was then. So they're not quite capturing the same thing. So what are they capturing? 
Well, confidence is more oriented toward the job market. So when the job market is strong, consumer confidence tends to be high. Sentiment is more affected by business conditions, especially those of small businesses. And in fact, consumer sentiment currently aligns with the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index, where small businesses are reporting difficulty caused by the tight labor market. So they're experiencing a low quality of worker or trouble finding workers at all, as well as uh, experiencing inflationary pressures on inputs. Now, given that jobs are plentiful, that spending didn't really reflect the dour mood reported in the sentiment survey in much of 2022, and the fact that the level of the consumer sentiment index has been close to what we saw in the depths of the great financial crisis, and we know that that's not really what we're seeing in the economy right now, the consumer confidence survey seems to be a more accurate reflection of the mood of consumers. However, as Ben pointed out a little bit ago, it's important to note that spending slowed significantly in the fourth quarter. So this could be consumers tightening their belts in preparation for a recession. And if it is, that would actually be consistent with both surveys. So sentiment is low, as I, as I mentioned, but the consumer expectations part of the consumer confidence survey is still hovering around 80, which historically has been consistent with recession expectations. So no matter which survey you look at, there is some expectation of a recession sometime in 2023. Well, let me follow up with you on something you said there. We know that interest rates have moved sharply higher over the past six months, you know, with the Fed tightening monetary policy. How has this changed the consumer's buying plans? I mean, specifically on things like housing and autos. Yeah, so for durable goods in general, the the plans to buy are down. For autos in particular, the intention to buy in December was roughly even with November, but well below the long-run average. And current readings are likely higher than they would be if not for pent-up demand. So you have two very significant factors kind of working against each other. You have high interest rates, which are working to push demand down. But we've also just had a couple of years where supply was very low. Uh, you had a lot of people who wanted to buy cars but couldn't just because th- there was no supply there. Now that supply is a little greater, uh, they're able to buy these cars. For some of these people, it doesn't matter that interest rates are higher. They actually are in a position where they do need to replace an old car. So they will buy anyway. So on net, we're, f- we're seeing that intention to buy cars is lower, but not as low as you would expect given where interest rates are. For homes, the plan to buy a home within six months in the consumer confidence survey is very volatile. So month to month movements aren't always the best measure. But the percent of consumers with plans to buy is well down from a year ago and even down from a quarter ago, even if it's not quite as low as we would expect, it's currently right around the long run average. But the downward trend is consistent with what we're seeing in other housing data. The National Association of Home Builders Housing Market Index shows the expectation for home sales over the next six months and the traffic of prospective buyers is that they're both extremely subdued. They're at or below what we saw during the COVID lockdowns. Uh, And we also saw both of these measures experience a precipitous drop throughout 2022. So the survey data do reflect a significant impact of higher mortgage rates. And for what it's worth, 
that drop in the in the survey data was also consistent with dropping home sales in 2022, and we expect that level of home sales uh, to continue to be lower in 2023. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Ben, back to you. Let's wrap up our consumer outlook for 2023 with your thoughts on consumer spending. The labor market seems to be the key swing factor this year. So could we see a sharp shift in labor conditions this year, especially with the recession odds climbing? And if we did, how could that impact spending and overall economic growth this year and going into 2024? Yeah, sure. You know, we're we're keeping a very close eye on the labor market because, you know, we have seen signs of slowing within the business sector. We've seen obviously Daniel mentioned uh the housing market is is likely in a in a contractionary standpoint at this point. So, you know, really the the labor market is the last shoe to drop, the one that we're waiting for to see if maybe that does clinch us potentially seeing a recession starting in the middle stages of 2023. And to this point, we haven't seen much sign of slowing yet. You know, we are seeing some minor cracks, whether it's in the form of work week slowing. So that's a sign that businesses are cutting back on the number of hours that they have people working as opposed to actually cutting jobs. But we are seeing that many businesses are indicating they're looking for fewer workers in the months ahead. You know, Daniel mentioned the NFIB small business survey. We, we you know, Both those indicators were down sharply from the peaks last year, indicating that many small businesses are just not looking to hire as many workers. They're not looking for as many workers to come on board in the next six months. And so eventually we are likely to see the labor market turn over. The, we're just starting at such a good level though. And, and demand still does remain quite strong. We're probably not going to see this happen overnight. I think the first half of 2023, we'll still see some solid to slowing job gains, but very likely history tells us we do see a recession starting in the second half of 2023. We're going to see job cuts. We're going to see many businesses in reaction to higher interest rates and lower profit margins are going to be forcing some tough decisions. And in many cases, the most expensive part of your business is your people. And they're going to look to see where they can cut back. And that's going to start with maybe at first cutting back hours, but eventually probably seeing some job losses and some lower wage increases for consumers. So clearly the outlook for spending is probably weaker from here. I don't think that's a surprise to anyone. Uh, And really, that's the main thing we're waiting for to see whether that does clinch, again, a recession starting in the second half of this year. Because likely what we'll see is a cutback in consumer spending, a cutback in overall activity, uh, and you'll see some negative prints for for real GDP growth for two or three quarters. Uh, And, you know, particularly because about two-thirds of U.S. economic growth is tied to consumer spending. So if that's where we do see some of that retrenchment, um, we're likely to see some lower overall economic activity. But I will buoy that a little bit by we don't expect a real big cutback in the labor market. Yet again, we're starting at such a strong demand standpoint, we're likely to see things weaken and see a little bit of slowing overall. Um, But still, we don't expect this recession to be very severe. Um, The unemployment rate is likely to be about 5% or so by the end of this year, and then moving higher in 2024. So that's clearly worse than where we are right now. But from a historical perspective, even if we see an unemployment rate between five to five and a half, maybe a little bit higher than that, that's still pretty low. Uh, And eventually we will see 
the Fed start to cut rates. Probably not going to happen until 2024, but the combination of lower interest rates and obviously inflation probably coming back in response to a likely recession as well, that's going to ease a lot of that pressure on consumers. And we'll probably see a spending boost later in 2024 and into 2025. And correspondingly, we'll see that recovery in the economy and the overall boost in economic growth at that stage as well. Well, thank you, Ben. That's going to wrap it up for today. Great discussion on the consumer. Join us next time for an analysis of the soon-to-be-released GDP report, where we expect to see an acceleration in real GDP growth at the end of 2022. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications when each new episode is released. Until next time, for Nationwide Market Insights, this is Brian Kirk. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide Inn and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2023. Nationwide.